everyone, and welcome back to Cialate Podcast. We talk all things simpler living, wellness, lifestyle, and everything in between. So grab your favorite Pinot and take your first break with us, or your second. I'm your host, Pana. Joining me is my co-host, Denise. Happy hour begins now. According to Wine Spectator, wine sales continue to grow despite tough times. In fact, the U.S. wine market continues to grow, defying predictions of decline. So I decided this was the perfect opportunity to do an episode on wine. Why? Well, as some of you may know, I'm originally from the San Francisco Bay Area, so my backyard was Napa Valley. I guess you can say I didn't really take full advantage of having some of the world's most famous vineyards at my fingertips. And what's really funny is I started getting more into wine and understanding my preferences after leaving the Golden State over a decade ago. And of course, 2020 happened, and like many households, we definitely upped our intake, which expedited my learning curve. Now, I was lucky enough to have visited California's wine country over a dozen times as a child and in my adult years, and vividly remember my last visit back in 2008, where I visited the infamous Behringer Vineyard with two of my closest friends. That was an experience I will forever cherish. Of course, we left wobbling out of the vineyard with a bottle or three, and I with a souvenir (laughs) coaster that I keep on my nightstand to this day. Well, at least you were of age when you went to a vineyard. (laughs) The last time I went to Peru, I was 14, and my mom and grandma wanted to go to a vineyard in the city of Arequipa. Aside from how beautiful the vineyard was, it was at that point when I learned how wine was made, harvested, crushed by foot, very traditional, pressed, fermented, and so on. Being that I was a kid, I didn't have the pleasure of trying any wine, so you know what that means. An overdue trip Trip to to Peru Peru is due. due. (laughs) Going back to that day at the vineyard, like you, I got to witness the process of winemaking, so I felt it's my duty as a Northern Californian to do this episode where I've researched wine basics, including types of wine, including what is meant by light or full-bodied, health benefits, basic food pairings, and maybe some etiquette. This is an episode on the basics or a crash course for others. Really, it's for anyone that may be intimidated with the whole idea of wine. So cheers to you, friends. Let's dive right in. You recently mentioned there's a proper way to clink. There sure is, but let's get into that towards the end, shall we? We shall. So, first of all, what is wine? Wine is basically just fermented grape juice. The grapes used are smaller than your usual table grapes, and contrary to popular belief, the juice is actually clear. What gives wine, or I should say red wine, its color is during the fermentation process when the red grape skins, seeds, and stems come in contact with the juice, extracting its color. The longer the fermentation process, the deeper the color. So let's talk varieties and what is meant by light, medium, and full-bodied wine. After doing a ton of research for this episode, even taking a couple of courses, and having grown up with wine all around me, I recently found out there are nine primary types or styles of wine. Oh, okay. I thought there'd be more. And I thought the opposite, thinking there were a few to several groups at most, but let's get into them. So the first being sparkling wine, essentially your champagne. Then there's your lighter bodied white wines, which are your Pinot Grigios, well pronounced Pinot Gris outside the US, and your Sauvignon Blancs. Now, those are my personal favorites when it comes to wine because it pairs well with so many food items. And since I have an eclectic palate, it's what works for me pretty much every time. Now, number three, your full-bodied whites, such as Chardonnay. It's similar to your typical reds because it's richer and drier in taste versus the ones we just mentioned. 
Ugh, I never care for Chardonnay. Yeah, same here. <laughs> then you have your aromatic white wines, such as your Moscato and Rieslings. Pretty much your starter wine. I mean, am I right in saying that I think we all started with those at one point in our lives? Yep. My first glass of wine was a pink Moscato at Olive Garden. <laughs> yeah, I can't even smell a bottle of Moscato or even Riesling now. <laughs> I just remember how I would pound back bottles, even well in my 30s, and wonder why I'd wake up with some intense headaches. Well, now I know I don't handle sugar well, and fermented sugar, especially in hard liquor, is no exception. <laughs> All right, let's move along to rosé, which can be made dry or sweet. Now, I'm not sure if I've had sweet rosé, to be honest, maybe in a frosé, but I obviously gravitate mainly to the dry variation. So because I like chilled wine, I wouldn't mind having a glass of rosé, though it's not my go-to. Funny you say that because I'm not particular with cold or room temperature wine, although I gravitate to the latter, except probably for rosé. So that's pretty funny. Now, as far as red goes, you have your light-bodied ones like Pinot Noir. Again, one I'll usually gravitate to because it doesn't alter the flavors in my food and good with really any protein from red meat to poultry. Now, side note, did you know the general rule of thumb with food pairings is white wines pair well with seafood and poultry and reds with well, red meat. Obviously, there are exceptions. How about pasta? Isn't that its number one food pairing? Yeah, pasta pairings seem to be all over the place, probably based solely on your personal preference. But okay, let's get back to our wine varieties. So number seven, your medium bodied reds, which are typically your Merlot and Zinfandels. And then there are your full bodied reds, which are obviously the heaviest and high in tannins, which we'll get into in a moment. But they are your Cabernet Sauvignon, Malbec, and Syrah, or known as Shiraz, in other parts of the world. Now, lastly, you have your port wines, also known as dessert wines, since very sweet. Denise, do you know where port wines are from? Portugal. You got it! Yay! And there you have it, your basic varieties of wine. So basically, you have your light white and red wines, which are your Pinots and Moscato, to your heavier bodied ones like Chardonnay and Malbecs. And don't worry, guys, we'll actually post a recap in our stories if you missed the breakdown. Obviously, those that are lighter bodied have lower alcohol content, which means pretty much all your reds and Chardonnay will have a higher alcohol content with over 13.5% in alcohol. Now, fun fact, the riper the grapes, the higher the sugar, leading to higher alcohol content. You mentioned tannins. What are they? So you and I don't really drink full-bodied reds, but we are tea drinkers. So you may notice it in black tea or even dark chocolate, but it's that bitter and astringent taste that's even found in some berries or nuts. Now, mm. tannins are commonly found in wood, leaves, stems, fruits, and seeds, and basically help protect the individual plant species from bacteria or fungi. And because of that, they also act as an antioxidant when consumed. That's cool. Yeah, food really is medicine. Anyways, speaking of which, let's briefly talk the other health benefits with consuming wine. Let's talk resveratrol, which is an antioxidant found in grape skins. Its antioxidant properties can counter oxidative stress, promoting anti-aging, as well as cardiovascular and brain health. Resveratrol is a polyphenol, which is a micronutrient that's found in certain plant-based foods, and it's what makes up a fruit's color. And now that we know red wines get their color from the skin, as you just mentioned, can we just eat red grapes if we're not a wine drinker? Or raisins, for that matter. <laughs> and that's why it's recommended to drink only one glass daily. Now, for those that don't know, one glass or serving equates to five ounces, so that's really all you need for its health benefits. 
As we know, everything we consume, drink, or do should be in moderation and in balance. So, Denise, you're a somewhat burst wine drinker now. Are you ready for a little trivia? Oh, goodness. Sure. <laughs> I think I've learned a little more about wine. So, wine not. you'll be fine as it's really just wine basics some of them even threw me off but we're all learning together right so number one how many servings are in a standard bottle of wine well from personal experience four to five servings yep it's pretty much five Okay, I don't drink five glasses on my own, you guys. (laughs) Uh, But that makes sense because when I drink wine, it's with my cousin who happens to be a pro when it comes to wine. We end up with about two servings each. Okay. Number two, what's the proper way to hold a wine glass? The stem. And the reason for that is you want to maintain the temperature of your wine because holding it by the bulb warms your glass. Or my personal pet peeve, you're leaving fingerprints on a beautiful glass. So stop. Good answer. (laughs) Number three. So I'll actually answer the last question, which is the difference between aeration and decanting. Now, decanting is to basically filter out any remaining sediments found in a bottle, which is really rare nowadays because most wines are machine made. Now, aerating wine is to allow air in and release the aromas. I do this quite often by swirling my glass to make it less intense, but there is an aerator you can buy as well, which is a more polished way of doing it, and of course, to avoid spillage. Hmm. So, are you going to explain the art of the clink? I shall. So, according to United Kingdom's Vintage Roots, the proper way to clink is to tilt the glass slightly towards yourself, keeping the rim from your partner's glass. Tap the bell, the rounded part in the middle of the glass, to the bell of hers for a proper clink. Never clink the rims because they can break. Oh, well, I guess I've been doing it right all along without knowing because when those wine and spirits start up, man, I toast to everything. And surprisingly, I haven't broken a glass yet. Yeah, I remember these toasts all too well. (laughs) So actually, I have a question for you. Have you heard that people are making wine with their Instant Pot? Only when you recently posted it on your Insta story. (laughs) Yeah, I guess all you need is some grape juice, wine yeast, and the yogurt setting on your Instant Pot, which unfortunately I don't have, so won't be able to partake in such shenanigans. But if anyone has done this, please message us. We'd love to hear about it, mainly the outcome. Yeah, we'll definitely repost that. (laughs) For sure. Today's product highlight is our Hydro Flask Wine Tumblers. I have to say I've used this thing nonstop last summer, especially when at the pool. Because my pool is on the roof, the sun is hot and direct, you know, being a mile high, which is great for tanning, but not for keeping my white wines chilled. Well, this keeps it how I like it, nice and cool. I'll occasionally even use it for my smoothies when on the go or even for hot liquids such as tea. How are you liking yours, Denise? I love it. My Hydro Flask is the perfect cup size, literally, and actually fits in my car's cup holder as well. That's a rarity nowadays. Don't let me get started on that subject. Yeah. (laughs) Aside from chilled wine, I use it for my hot cup of coffee during my morning commute to work. Although this episode isn't sponsored by Hydroflask, it's a purchase we definitely recommend. Yay, we made it. Everything you need to know about wine from pretty much A to Z. For those just starting out on their wine journey or adventures, I hope now you can confidently walk into the wine section of your local grocery or liquor store and not feel overwhelmed when choosing a wine to bring to your next dinner party. We hope this gave you the basic understanding of wine in general and how to consume it responsibly and maybe gain some health benefits while you're at it. 
If you want to learn more, check out Wine Foley as are one of my favorite resources for all things wine. And when in doubt, you can never go wrong with a bottle of Pinot. Thank you for tuning in to Sia Latte. We hope you enjoyed the show. And as always, if you like what you're hearing, leave us a quick review, as it really does help us out. I'm your host, Pana. You can check out my Instagram page for everything wellness and simpler living at My Son Maverick. For behind the scenes, updates, life hacks, and inspo, join our community on Facebook at Sia Latte, spelt C-Y-A Latte. Until next time. See you, Latte. Bye.